All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. For any first-time listeners, I am your host, CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod or at Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you look for us on. And what we are here at The Awakened Soul is we're a podcast. We like to get deeper. We talk about heavy topics. We throw some jovialness up up in there from time to time um but more importantly we we just like to have discussions about the things that our culture typically and usually do not have so this is your first time stepping into the awakened soul i want to welcome you thank you for joining um you're in for a ride on this week's episode during the in the mind hay segment i will be discussing a uh, case with a cop and a mother and it kind of all just devolves from there i don't want to give away too much too soon we got scoop grady with the petty news but in the discussion topic this week i will be talking and giving my impressions on the series when they see us from netflix uh directed or produced by ava duvernay and i I, it's well also uh for any for like i said for any uh first time listeners anyone else we'll be getting more in depth on it on the breaks radio coming up this this friday but you're kind of getting my initial reactions and we'll get a little more analytical and, and deeper on it on the breaks radio. So for anyone who uh, also listens to that podcast and wants to hear a few, full review of it, make sure you go to the breaks radio. That is a weekly hip hop podcast, but we kind of discuss everything hip hop culture related. So everything in the culture, um, and this week we definitely, we, we decided that we wanted to tackle that subject. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, that's it. Enough preferencing. AJ, take this one away. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the In the Mind of Hayes segment brought to you by The Awakened Soul. And on this week's uh, episode or this week's edition of the In the Mind of Hayes segment, we'll actually be going down to Louisiana where a deputy was fired for forcing a 26-year-old mother to perform fellatio on her infant son. So in this case, uh, the police officer's name was Shatterick Jones. And he was actually serving a warrant to this mother, um, a warrant for a traffic ticket. And the woman had mentioned how she was terrified to go to jail. And this sick motherfucker decided to, in order to get out of going to jail and serving jail time, he said that it was his fantasy to, to see someone perform fellatio on a baby. And he forced her to do so at gunpoint. And... Um, this is, and we, we, we never, I, I wouldn't say that we hear cases like this, but we always hear cases, just cops doing shit. And in this case, this was a black man who did it. So for anyone who, uh, hears stuff like this and immediately goes to thinking that it was, it was a black woman and a, and, uh, a black man. And 
you know, this sick motherfucker forced her to, her to perform fellatio. And in this case as well, um, the mother was actually charged with first degree rape and incest. Um, the baby was taken away in a child protective custody. The cop was also arrested and fired, of course, uh, which that goes without saying. But in just reading this case and looking this up, like this shit is sickening. And for someone to for like what? In my mind, so in in thinking about this and in, in reading this case, I understand that the, what the mother did was technically rape, and it was disgusting. But to were they out of line to make this woman uh, to charge this woman, at, considering she was kind of forced to do so? And in this case, too, the uh, the guy recorded video. The video made its way around. Uh, it was re- it was released. He got word that uh, th- that arrest was going to be coming. Uh, he called off work, claimed a family incident, and they eventually got him. They still arrested him, thank God. But I want to know, like, do you guys agree with the fact that of this of this mother in this specific case also being charged um, with rape, or do you do you think because of the circumstances should it kind of have have been? Um, understood that she was for, kind of forced in this situation let me know how you guys feel um also check out the awaken soul podcast uh the the full episode of the awaken soul this is kind of just the snippet um for any listeners uh, or anyone who's watching this on youtube um but nonetheless it's 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 things like this that make it make the whole movement of we have to protect our women and it, it brings it all to the forefront because in this case, like a cop completely misusing their power to do something so sickening. And I know police officers. Shout out to dads talking shit. Stand up guys. Like I know police officers. So I, I try to whereas before I used to kind of damn all police officers. Now that I personally know some um, even ones other than dads talking shit, I won't mention on the podcast just because, you know, I, I, I don't want to mention names. But um, I know. I know police officers. I have an uncle that two uncles that were police officers. So I would I would I hesitated saying all police officers are bad or just fuck all police. But at the same time, when people misuse and mistreat their power like this, and we'll also talk about that in the discussion topic as we get into uh when they see us. That's the discussion topic um this on this week's episode. But to really just to imagine being put in that situation, then imagine your child getting getting taken from you, and the father in this case showed up to get the son from protective services. Uh, unfortunately, the the child was not able to be turned over to the father because the father did not have a car seat uh, for the child. Uh, don't have any updates if he eventually came back and got him. I would hope that he that he did, but this whole family's dynamic has been completely thrown, completely um, fucked up by one sick person one sick person who came into that situation on he was off duty to serve a warrant for a traffic ticket just think about that we've all had traffic tickets well i I would like to say most of us have um just imagine a cop showing up at your doorstep for that and then what unfolded and before you answer the question of do you think the mother should have also been charged just think about that to be forced to do something like that. And I, and I, and I even understand that some people may say, well, no one can force you to do anything like that. But you know, uh, I, I just, I, I really 
it was just such an interesting case, like everything. And as I'm reading it and as it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, it just I had to bring this to you guys. I want to know how you guys feel about it. Please let me know. Um, but that's it for the end of mine. Hey, segment this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to get into the petty news from the one and only Scoop Grady. And I will catch you guys after this. What up, what up, everybody? Scoop Grady with the Petty News Report. How's everybody doing? So much out here that's going on, man. Walmart to announce new service that will deliver a stock of groceries inside a customer's home. Walmart, y'all got the game so fucked up. You're not coming in my house. First of all, I know that you know where to put my groceries at. You might you might not know where to put my snacks at. You might not know where to put my bread at. You go in my house and next thing you know, my damn TV go. You know, I don't trust Walmart like that. First of all, you can't trust nobody that got over 100 customers in their store and only two lines open. I don't trust Walmart with this. I think this is a bad idea. You're not coming in my house. That's trespassing. I have the right to give you a good old-fashioned ass whooping. Next. Usher has posted a picture of him getting a brand new tattoo on the back of his the back of his neck? Okay, first of all, the tattoo is uh, Usher, what? I feel like Usher is not ready to accept the fact that he's over 50 years old, so he's trying to do young people shit. Usher, you can't do young people shit, okay? You are old. Let's just accept the fact that you're old, bro. We love your music. We love you as a person. You just you on third age. Just accept it. You can't be doing young people stuff. Man, Usher just stopped on. Usher just having a midlife crisis. That's what it is. And then it's her, dude. I thought that was Killmonger. Goddamn, Usher. Usher, get a fade. Stick to the fades, okay? Get some dreads or something. Usher, this this swoof of this bang, you got he been going to the same place young job been getting his hair done at, okay? Usher, let it burn. Not the hot cone. Next, Uber introduces new helicopter service between Manhattan and John F. Kennedy Airport. What the? What is going on with this? Really? That's what we doing now? That's gonna be extremely expensive now. Come on. Uh, people not thinking this over before they put it out there. I really don't trust Uber and vehicles. So you telling me you want me to trust y'all in a helicopter? Y'all gonna kidnap me and take me somewhere in Mexico and just beat me senseless. I need to be somewhere where y'all can hear me scream, okay? Get all that. I drive myself, or better yet, I walk. Ain't nothing worse than getting kidnapped at 3,000 feet in the air. That's a different man. Hey. I've never been kidnapped, but I swear, that's probably something that I don't want to experience. Uber, don't do this. No, don't do this, please. I don't trust the Uber copter, y'all. What y'all think about that? And last but not least, the petty question of the week. And the question is this. Is it okay to be the side person? That is the petty question of the week. Is it okay to be that side person? Please comment. Let me know what y'all think. I want to know. And that is all we have. Continue to follow Wake and Soul. Thank you all for listening. Be cool and put deodorant under your armpits. Yo, this your boy Flaw 700. What's good, everybody? It's your guy Fresco. And we are the, the Podcast, Podcast Brothers. Brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about, actually? Our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh, bit of that. Oh, my goodness. No. You like that song? No, not from you. What song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It. it doesn't matter what song that is. <laughs> well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life real brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And if you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for healthy debate. makes for good dialogue. And it keeps the the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the Podcast Brothers is dead. You did. Chill. Look down on the glow.
So we are back and, you know, I, I, in watching, um, when they see us, you know, I was familiar with the story of the central park five, not, not to any great detail. I was familiar with the overall story of the boys wrongly convicted, went to jail, got out. So a lot of the details for me personally were missed. Um, and (laughs) You know, as someone, I I, I kind of I always try to stay on top of stuff. Um, but you know, like I said, I, I I didn't know the intricacies of this story, and so in watching and in going into this, I I like I said, I, I I knew the bones, I knew the outline, um, but I wasn't prepared for what I was going to see. Um, and I think that it's important. I think that this is something that. I want to go back and I want to watch this with my 13 year old son. I want to sit down and just see how he processes it, see how he takes it, see what, how it, if it triggers him or what emotions it elicits in him. Um, But this show was so powerful and needed. And we'll talk about the director and the producer, Ava DuVernay and, kind of the trajectory so far of her of her career um during this as well but i think that the the show was was five episodes um and it could have went on for much much longer than that but the fact that they wanted to tell the 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 story in this way and you know say what you will about netflix but i'm sorry it was it was four episodes but say what you will about um about netflix and whatever their original shows and they they come out with shows like so often they're coming out with netflix originals where they've been killing it with in my opinion are documentaries and things like this and there aren't too many outlets that would have put in money to produce something about the central park five let's just be honest um when they got out of jail, the the coverage of it wasn't as much as when they went in, and it you know that that's our history. That's something that we all know that 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 happens to us. But when they sat down and they broke down the stories of these of these kids and they showed the lead up, I think that with that first episode, they let you know that they weren't going to pull any punches when they were showing those integrations. Um, when they were showing how they uh, arrested the boys and just really how it became more about trying to just arrest someone so they could say that they did justice in the story without really giving justice. And when you, when me as a father, as a black male, those interrogation scenes already 
Like I, I was ready to stop watching the series. I, w- I was honestly stopped because that's that's our story. While I may have not ever specifically went through anything like that, we know. Um, and well, how can I, how can I word this? I think that it's this is just really a special a special show, a special production because. Like you, you, you're put in the mind of of these kids. You're put in the mind of their parents, and you know you see the one father who tells his son like say whatever they want you to say so we can go home. And he truly, truly believed that he was telling his son to do the right thing. And Corey Wise, we'll talk about Corey Wise, someone who wasn't even supposed to be there, and then to, to see his story. Um, I think that not not only was the show powerful from the story aspect, but the, the direction of it. And this is, this is where Ava, Ava, I'm sorry, is, is, is powerful. Even when you see her film Selma and you know, this, it's funny because this, this, I believe this whole process of this film kind of got started on Twitter. I think someone uh, commented or responded to um, her and the Selma movie and said, you know, what's next? How about the central park five? And that's what kind of got the ball rolling on this. And even in Selma, Ava DuVernay, when she showed um, Martin uh, and and the cheating uh, thing that he went through. And, you know, she said that she wanted to show it because she wanted to, to make sure that it was shown that he was conflicted. He was still human and she pulls no punches. And that very well came into this. We see. Um the the lawyers the prosecutors how you know they just wanted to pin this on the kids no matter what came up they they zeroed in on these kids and that's something that it's an issue nowadays in general like just the cops focusing on people and kind of missing everything else and as the story came out uh, that the guy who actually did commit the rape it was one guy how he came forward after years just because he felt conflicted and he wanted to admit it and he felt wrong the that these guys were serving jail time because of something he did just showing that as well like this i don't want to give any hyperbole i don't want to i don't know i don't i don't want to make it seem more than what it is but i honestly think this is one of the most powerful series i've ever watched in four episodes what they did and putting me in the mind and in the story of these young guys is just wow and i know a lot of people who've had trouble finishing it who've had trouble um really watching it through and i think these the the importance and the reason why stories like this being brought to the forefront is important is to put a face to it it's it's so that the the people who turn a blind eye and think that this injustices that we speak about aren't possibly true look at this go this is back in 1989 and as much as you want to say things have changed now when you watch the show and you watch like i said how the kids were treated and and everything and how Corey wise was done in jail it it it, it doesn't not bring back thoughts of of what was of what we see now sometimes in the news and it, it it's just one of those things man that it's hard for me to talk about but I wanted to because this is just 
this is needed. And Corey Wise, let's 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 go into that. So Corey Wise, the person who gets a full episode um, dedicated to to just him, really. And it this story, this this guy who only went with the police because a sense of loyalty to his friend. He didn't want his friend to go alone. Sixteen year old is is charged as an adult. Goes to Rikers is beat up ridiculously throughout his his thing. He puts in transfers to get closer to his mother, and both times, at least what they showed they showed in the show, he was he was sent further away um, from his mother. And after his first transfer, uh, I forget the prison he went to the second time, but and where the police officer took a liking to him and looked out for him, and it was really probably one of the only times he was treated like a human. The whole time he was in prison, but he put in a transfer from that prison so he could see his mother more often. He ended up getting sent further away. His first day there, a dick ass um, corrections officer sets up, quote unquote, a welcoming committee for him where he's beat up and stabbed. And this guy spends the majority of his sentence in solitary confinement to avoid being beat up, basically to, to save his life. Not even to think about the psychological um, effects of being in solitary just that long and what that can do to you he since got out he's found out his organization uh as you can imagine he's now uh really big on in the innocence project and getting people who are wrongly accused and uh pro bono lawyer work and you would you you would understand especially from his standpoint um and i and the, it's it's powerful because in reading like articles and reviews from this, you know, he said several times that, you know, it's labeled the Central Park Five. Well, it was really not. This is Central Park Four plus one. He was the last to get out. He was in there the longest and he was the one that none of them should have been shouldn't have been there. But he was the one who absolutely shouldn't have. And they take they took advantage of his learning disability and his intelligence to really. It, it, man, it, it, seeing him in that courtroom. And seeing, hearing him scream, what does that have to do with his case when they brought up him skipping school? And just that that emotional response, the guy who played him, um, Jarrell Jerome, I have no idea. Uh, I, he, he, I know I've seen him in, 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 in other things. I don't know what he's doing as far as his, his acting career, but whatever it is, he, he has a bright future ahead of him based off this role. He played the shit out of this role and then in the episode the last episode that's really focused on him like that emotion that that's but still holding that innocence um it it was a powerful powerful performance um i i, I love I, I love the series while it was hard to watch while it was and he's only he's he's only 21 years old 21 years old, he's born in 1997. To give a performance like that at 21 years old and looking at his uh, filmography, um, he's only been in a few projects. He was in Moonlight, um, something called All Rise, First Match, uh, but nothing really big. He was in Mr. That's where I know him from. He was in Mr. Mercedes, which is a great um, TV show based off a Stephen King novel. And I love I love the book series and I, and I love that, uh, that, that show as well. So that, that's where I know him from. But to come from that into this into when they see us we we really need to lift this man up this performance really i hope gets nominated for something because honestly i i don't i, I like i said i don't know if i've ever been touched by a series and in, in this role in specific that um that meant so much 
I really would like to know how you guys feel about the show. How what what were your guys were you guys able to make it through? How many times did you have to stop? Um but yeah, the Central Park Five, it was man, what those what those young men went through. Um and then it's it I could never imagine could you I could never imagine going to jail, A for one. But then to go to jail for something you know for a fact that you did not do. I couldn't imagine that either. And um, Raymond Santana, I think his story, um, while Corey, Corey Wise definitely has the, I think, the most heartbreaking story in this. Raymond Santana, I think, also has one that a lot of people relate to. You go to jail. You get out of jail. You, you, it's hard for you to find a job. It's hard for you to do, really do much of anything. And. You know, when when you're labeled a sex offender and you know you didn't commit it, um, just imagine how much how much harder that is. But for him to turn to to selling drugs and to turn around, um, get caught and go back to jail for that, um, just really, I can I can understand and identify with his story a lot and what he had to go through as someone who, you know, I do whatever I can for my family. I've, I've, I've I, not to that level, but when you, when you get out, you're expected to be a productive member of society, but with no skills. And it's hard for you to gain those skills because of the time you spent behind you, you, you spent in jail and seeing that aspect of the story. I just, I love the way that they lay this all out and let's, let's hop over into talking more about Ava DuVernay. And so Ava DuVernay is, I really think she's picking up um, for black directors where like a Spike Lee, a John Singleton left off and in, in telling stories that are important and that reflect us. I already talked about what she did with Selma, with Martin, the Martin Luther King biopic and showing uh, parts of him, like with the cheating that we that typically weren't highlighted, typically aren't spoken about because, you know, they don't ever want to tarnish someone's legacy, but it's important to show them being human as well. Um, she, this, this was her second TV show, I believe. Um, but she's done a wrinkle in time, which was kind of mixed Selma, which we've already talked about how, how powerful that was, but she also has done the films. I will follow in middle of nowhere. Um, she's set to direct new gods from DC. Um, which is a comic book movie, but with the way that she does characters, I think that we can expect a, a very vastly different comic book movie. Kind of like when you when you look at Infinity War and and um, what that did for getting us in the mind of Thanos as a character, something similar to that. But she's also, and what I kind of want to focus on here is working on a Prince biopic with Netflix as well, and. I think that definitely can't be. I hope it's not just four episodes. Like that, that needs to, that's the story of Prince's life needs to be um, done out over over longer than four episodes. I think, but I think when you look at what she's doing, just very early on in her career, uh, her first project was uh, when she was doing documentaries was in two thousand and seven, um, I believe. So she really hasn't been around around for super long time but as a, a feature film director i really think some was really what put her in the public's eye this is definitely going to help continue that she's also directed a music video for jay-z and beyonce and for her to not only be black but to be a black woman 
And there aren't that many women directors in Hollywood, period. And for her to have such a claim and to bring about such an honesty in her films, I think is important. Um, I think it's 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 going to add longevity to her career. I really do compare her to Spike Lee, not in the style of directing and her style of storytelling, but in the way that her films and her projects represent the culture in, in some senses. So um, what do you guys what do you guys think? Are you guys paying attention to Ava DuVernay? I want to know how you guys feel about the Central Park Five. Um, I really just really wanted to speak on that on this episode. We're going to take a brief break. Come back. Um, we're going to end with something a little lighter. And then I'm going to send you guys home. So we'll be right back after this. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as. The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you. You ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. Okay, so um, one thing that I wanted to talk about before we go home for the night is I wanted to bring up Megan Thee Stallion. And so over the course of this past weekend, she had what was called the Hottie Beach Cleanup. And, uh, you know, you guys may have seen the viral video of her saying, uh, after we clean this motherfucking beach up, then we can drive the boat. But as she's gaining more mainstream appeal, uh, she's been around for a while, but she's really starting to get that mainstream appeal. Everyone's talking about her album or her body or whatever. I didn't want it to go missed, at least with my platform, to talk about her activism that's seemingly starting to bubble up. And I will admit, I haven't, I haven't been following Megan Thee Stallion for long. So maybe she's been doing stuff like this for a while, but she gathered her fans and people up to come and do some community service and clean the the beach up. And then she went on the internet after that, and then went on to provide tips on how uh, we can, we can make steps uh, to be more environmentally safe and sound. And, uh, and, you know, it's, making the sound is really young. And so for her to do something like this early on with her, her fame, it, it, it meant a lot, at least to me. And I, I think that we, we get so focused as a, as a culture, as a community to focus on the, the sex appeal or uh, the, the social media antics. But while you saw that clip go around about cleaning the beach um, at least I did. You don't really see many people really talking about that community service, that activism is as much as what I think we need to do. And I, I, I get it. We're all busy. We all have our lives. It's hard to really do community service. It's hard for some people to to fit that into their thing. But when you you can, when someone of this stature uses their platform, I hope that it wakes a little bit more people up to the importance of it and how just the little shit you can do. Like you can go clean up a beach or whatever you have around you. And uh shout out to Mahaya from uh Extra Juicy who she took a picture and in that picture in the back of it there was a a paper cup on the gla- on the ground and she made sure that 
and she said that afterwards she went around and and she, and she saw that in the picture and picked up. She spent like thirty minutes picking up cups around that area after seeing that. We all can do little things like that, and I don't. I try not to be very preachy on this. That's why I uh, on this podcast I, I really don't talk about things like this. Me personally, I know I need to do more community service. I I I sometimes say that my community service is dealing with my brats, but all jokes aside, I, I think that maybe you know what. I have the breaks media and maybe that's something that we need to do. And that, that, and this is what things like this make me think about and make me reflect on and hopefully it does for more people as well. So I, I wanted to speak on that um, just real quick um, before we get into the last thing. And the last thing that I want to talk about is support. And I have always said that I have one of the most amazing listenerships and audiences. And what I will say um, I recently put out that I had been going through a mini bout of depression um, that lasted a few days. Um, but I want to thank my listeners for the support. I have the most supportive listenership in all of podcasts. And I don't care if you have celebrity podcasts. I don't, I don't give a damn. Um, the, the love that you guys show me does not go missed. The it 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 means so much to me personally. As someone who is a, an extreme introvert, as I say all the damn time, and someone who stays to myself, um, to have a, and create a platform in which I, I really just created it um, because I wanted to talk about deeper things. But to see what it's grown into um, to people that genu- gen- genuinely care about me and my and my well-being, it, it means a lot. You guys are just I can't say enough um, and support. It made me think about this and and. Everyone probably saw uh, my tweet to my brother, BJ, kind of trying to lift him up. Um, There's something that I'm growing in in giving support out. Um, Well, not really support. I guess I've always been a supportive person, but to be more verbal, um, which people think that hear that I have a podcast and they hear like, how are you not verbal? But I'm really not that talkative of a person in my day to day life. But it, it. it, it's important to give people their flowers while they're here. And I know that's become like this whole thing. And I try to stay, stay away from things that become like social media fads, but it's really important. Um, Dan on drugs, someone who Dan has never heard me say this. So this is the first time that it's, Dan means the world to me. And that may sound weird coming from two people who've never met face to face, but I, 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 it's more me and Dan's relationship. What, me and Dan have talked about off air, uh, in private, how he's helped me grow as a podcaster, us kicking ideas around. I don't think that Dan realizes how important he is to the podcasting community and the culture overall and how open he is about sharing his stories. And yeah, he's goofy. He talks shit. He says it in a comical way. And sometimes it's it's hard to to realize that Dan goes through some shit. He's been through some shit and it's not my place to tell a story. He's told it on his podcast, go and listen. Um, but Dan and BJ specifically are two brothers uh, and Chris Harrison as well. Like I hold them on such a high regard to me. Like um, if, if Dan, BJ or Chris came to me with something that was like, Hey, you tripping? I wouldn't even question it. Uh, another person like that to me is AJ, but my love for AJ um, from Love, Lust, and Badass Soul is well documented, but those three brothers, and I think that it, it in a in a in a 
era where black men showing each other support was look because it was kind of frowned upon or looked at as as xyz um to have those three guys in my kind of immediate circle um and people that i know if i was at the point of stressing and and and, and popping and just going the fuck off i can contact either either three of those brothers and they will give me the real and it's important to have people like that around you. It's important to have people who not only support you when you're up and will tell you how good you're doing, but when you're down, will kind of lift you up or, or give you that extra jolt you may need um, to really get yourself out of a funk. And I've never had that. I can go right now and say that I, I in my, in my adult life, I'm 32 years old, I've never had people around me that I felt like, all right, if I'm if I'm stressed, I I can honestly go to them and tell them like I have my friends that I've been friends with since high school, and those that's my core group, and I can honestly say we've probably had maybe two discussions on our feelings or depression ever. I've known BJ for what six months, if not like maybe like six to eight months. Me and him have had more than ten times that amount of conversations, and not just on air, and so. It's in it's I think that in me growing and maturing and seeing uh and knowing the importance of mental health, but also knowing the importance of checking on the people around you. Um like those 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 are the three guys to where I like I said, I look at like they they've all been through their own separate shit. Um they all have come through it or are working through it and just do amazing things like Chris with his business, uh Dan with his podcast, Dan with how he Dan, I think may be the only person in the world who I feel like may be more of an introvert than me or anti. So however you want to look at it than me. Um, shout out to, to P from a few little screws, a Burks Media affiliate as well. But I don't know P on that level. Um, but like what Dan does when people reach out and how quick he is to give advice in podcasting or sound or audio quality. I know for me, like I have so many conversations a week with people who just randomly slide in my DMs wanting to talk or get ideas on podcasts or wants me to, to listen to this to tell them how they can improve their sound quality. That shit is exhausting. I love doing it, but to go out and to um like I I I I, I call it I or I'll talk about it like this is that like because I'm not the most personable person, but I can do it. I know how to kind of sw- flip that switch on. It really does make me exhausted. Like after having to be around people and to enter like the live show, for example, the love less and badass. So live show, like being having to interact with the audience after the show and make sure everybody was cool. And before the show, the meet and greets, because I'm not that personable of a person in general. And I'm not that outgoing of a person. That shit makes me feel exhausted afterwards. Like after the live show, I needed two days of hibernation because I was so just worn out on being um kind of outgoing and 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 talking to people uh that way I, I don't get me wrong i love doing it because i love my listeners i love the supporters but it's it's not natural to me and i know damn a is kind of even more anti-social than me so like to see the things that he's doing i can only imagine how like luckily he doesn't have to do it in person like seeing dan do a live show with like a room of 100 people i would pay to see um but i think that we 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 miss that because it seems like it's so natural to him and people say that about me too like 
we forget. And I'm trying to do better on checking on my people. Um, BJ, like I said, that that goes without saying. Me and that that's my brother. I honestly feel like me and BJ were kind of separated at birth. Um, he because it's like he's more emotional than I am, way more emotional than I am. But I I understand every when he talks, I understand exactly how he feels on it. Me, I just with, with emotions and shit, I just like I chalk it up to oh well, fuck it, it is what it is. Um, but stuff affects BJ a little bit more, and that's that's my nigga. So when BJ goes through something, I go through it once I know about it. Or if I I, I can feel when BJ is kind of kind of withdrawn, you got to check on your people, you got to show support, you got to show love, and I don't even just mean as creatives because it, it's easy to say oh I have this podcast, we need support. I don't even mean in that sense. I don't mean a retweet. I don't mean a repost. I don't mean uh, um, a, a like or subscribe or a review. I'm talking about supporting and checking on your people, your loved ones. The biggest thing, and and uh, this is kind of th- turning turn into a therapy segment. I said this is going to be lighter, but the, the podcast kind of just flows the way it goes. So anyone who's seen me talk about um, my cousin's death, I call him my brother because we were really like brothers. I never had an uh a biological little brother, but that was my brother. Um, I talk about his death all the time. And that's really what sends me on my depressive states. And the reason why is because in very, in a, in a lot of ways, I blame myself for my brother dying. Um, because I honestly feel like he spent so much of his life, life imitating the young version of me, the young hothead version, virgin, uh, version, not virgin uh, of me that you can see it and I think I led him astray when I was younger as far as like when I like I said when I was a hothead when I was out here in these streets and I think in in very many ways in very many ways what he went through um as far as like being out on his own and um doing the things he did in the streets was very much of Hey, Cordero did it. Cordero came out of it. So even if I do do it, it's only going to be for a short amount of time because I was able to pull myself out, get a professional job, X, Y, Z. I think that he kind of thought it would just come to that. And I didn't take the time out to talk to him and mentor him and say, bro, you don't got to do this. Um, And I got so caught up in, in my life with my kids and stuff that I didn't I didn't check on him like I needed to. I didn't see what he was going on. I didn't see when he had beef with people. I didn't, um, because I just thought he had it. And so I blame myself for that because there was, I went through that shit. I went through being out there in the streets. I went through living on my own and just leaving the house when I, when I wasn't quite right and making ends meet the, whatever way I can, you guys can read between the lines with that. Um, that I didn't take the time out and, tell Terrence that I show him that there is a different way I just figured he would learn it like I did and so that's where a lot of my confliction comes from with that is that um while he made his own decisions and I get that and everything it was I I I went through that so he shouldn't have had to go through that and so I always try to rectify that in my head and that's what sends me in my depressive state because and then like at his funeral um, the mother of his kid was like, well, why didn't I just call you when I knew he was having problems? And I have to sit there and think of the fact that that's because I'm quiet. I'm to myself, like people don't, 
I I I be in my I'm I'm in my own world, and I gotta I gotta come out of that. I gotta have the people, and that's that's part of the reason why, like my support for BJ is is so much of what it is. BJ is legitimately I see as my little brother. I don't give a damn about blood. I don't give a damn about any of that, and I really try to be now being more mature. I try to be the voice of reason. I try to be the one to check on people. I try to be all that and that loss I don't ever want to feel again and I know I will I'm going to lose people people are going to die in my life but I never want to feel like my quietness my just thinking people will figure it out and not really talking about what I went through and how I got from point a to 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 where I am now how I went from being a hothead in the street with the baggy pants to the professional businessman I don't ever want to be to me being quiet on on that process be what holds anyone else back and that's something that I have to deal with mentally all the time and I'm sorry I've just unloaded on you guys I said this was going to be lighter I apologize for kind of making it so uh so deep but yeah so I'm okay for all the people who've checked on who've asked you know saw the depression uh tweet and have checked on me and said that they need to check on me more I promise you guys I'm okay it's it's just it's something that it's part of my growth I feel like it's part of something that you know that I've I've lost my grandmother who meant the world to me but nothing kind of felt like losing Terrence because I feel like I have a personal responsibility in why that happened and those of you who know know those of you who don't don't um but you know that that's my story and overall I want to just say and in this segment support the people that you would don't be afraid to call and pick up the phone stop thinking people are just okay even if they are guess what if you call if you go and check on them, if you pull up on them, then it's cool. Then if, if they're really okay, it's cool. You, you you at least got to see them, you know, for a fact. But don't be afraid to pull up and check on the people that you uh, that you love and care about. So one last thing um, before we go, uh, th- this podcast over the course of the last, it's been affected um, uh, by the last few weeks by my um, kind of being in my own head and uh, many depressed. It's been affected. Um, we're going to get back to because I'm in great spirits now. I promise you guys I'm in great spirits. So um, the next few weeks, I already have the shows planned out. You guys, we've got some fire guests, got some fire topics. Um, it's going to be be prepared because kind of taking the gloves off. And this is me being um, inspired by a few different things and a few different conversations I've been having um, with listeners and, and them telling me like kind of how they feel about the things that I do and the importance of it. So we're going we're going to dive head first. We're going to get into some deep topics. We're going to talk more about um, political stuff just leading up to the presidential election. Um, we're also going to be talking about more things in the culture and in, in, in our culture and what can change. We're going to be talking about mental health as well. Um, so we just we have a lot of things lined up over the next few weeks of this podcast that I really, really am excited to bring you guys uh, that conversation on. Um, I'm working on getting a panel together for uh, some of the abortion stuff that's coming around. I really want to get a panel of just amazing women. So if you guys are interested, you know, any podcasters who would uh, like to jump in on that, or if you yourself would let me know, we can make that happen. Um, But this has been a up and down episode of the awakened soul. I thank you for you guys sticking around through it all. Um, I promise you I'm okay. I promise you. So uh, again, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the awakened soul at the awakened soul podcast. Also go and check out the breaks media where you can find this podcast, uh, technical foul, extra regular change the subject. um, Dark sugar, the team podcast. I can go on and on. 
all amazing, beautiful, black-ass podcast. We represent the culture very well. Um, yeah, that's it. I will see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace. Will kill us a walk like Pistol Pete and Pappy Mason Gave the young boys admiration Prince from Queens and Fritz from Harlem Street legends The drugs kept the hood from starving Pushing cars, Nicky bars was the 70s But there's a long list of high-profile celebrities Worldwide on the thorough side of things Live as kings, some died One guy, one time, one day grasped me As I'm about to blast heat, 40 side of burning I turn well, he asked me What you up to? The cops gon' bust you I was a teen, drunk or brew Stumbled, I wondered if God sent him Cause two squad cars entered the block And looked at us, I ain't flinched when they watched I took it upstairs, the bathroom mirror Brushed my hair, staring at a young disciple I almost gave my life to what the dice do yeah man throwing them bones hoping my ace get his case thrown his girl ain't wait for him she in the world straight hoeing why he looking at cinephones a pretty girl showing a little cooch gangsters don't die he's living proof the da who tried him was lying the white dude killed his mother during the case hung jury now the da is being replaced pre-trial hearing is over it's real for the soldier walks in the courtroom the look in his eyes is wild triple homicide i sit in the back aisle i want to crack a smile when i see him throw up a fist for black power because all we want is his freedom he grab a court officer's gun and started squeezing Then he grabbed the judge, screams out, nobody leaving, everybody Get down, get down In they ass when they catch them Weird ass niggas who dangerous So don't test them They make you disappear This a year that I won't forget Soul CDs, double platinum met more execs Southern niggas, independent label Real killers know the business Ran Tennessee for years Now they chillin' They had the coke game Something crazy Sold music out the trunk of their car That shit amazed me Put me on the Heron blunts Sherm or something Took a puff What the fuck I turned and punched them Southern niggas ain't slow Nigga tried to play me I left from around them dudes They cool but they crazy Now I'm back around the old school and raised me New York gangsters, we lounging out in L.A. See, a dude wrote my dog from Pelican Bay The letter say, Nas, nice, I got your back, the fools don't play I rode with some crips down to a Crenshaw funeral Never saw so many men slaughtered and I knew the whole responsible The nigga's still alive in the hospital Midnight, they crept in his room and shot the doctor too See, my cousin's in the gang, thugging and things He plugged me with a dame who was half Mexicano Gave the ass up, I'm a Mac Daddy Soprano She passed me the indigo, but the imbecile should've never Never tippy toe, thought my eyes were closed. Open in the hotel room door, the little goons in, but I moved in the manor on some gently shit. I let the hammers blow, wet three kids. See, honey, thought I had something to do with all the drama, cause I was with a crew that had a people killed. Called up my cousin, told him I ain't fucking with you. He responded cool, but told me, y'all here, this how motherfuckers. Get down. Get down.